2: Hello and
3: welcome in Monday edition of the program glad to have you with us as we start another week and a lot of things to get to coming out of the weekend. It was another live period for college coaches to be on the road. So Mike Woodson and staff I think three different places over the last four day period to watch more recruits here in July as things from a team's perspective really start to wind down. There will be some more evaluation opportunities this coming weekend, but it's in an NCAA-structured camp format, which is still fairly new. So I don't think the coaches enjoy that near as much. But the July month of recruiting, it is beginning to slow down. I think we'll see visits and lists and all the things that normally happen after the evaluation period when coaches have been able to get out and kind of prioritize players and show them, uh, who they want most by their actions, by watching games, by sending their entire coaching staff to see certain prospects. Things start to level off a little bit from here. So we'll find out more about IU from a recruiting perspective coming up here very soon. Also, um, a look at IU in the Big Ten for the upcoming season. One of my favorite national college basketball scribes, uh, John Rothstein, released his Big Ten Uh, favorites and so we'll discuss where he has Indiana. I was a little surprised to be honest and so we'll discuss that coming up in just a bit and a couple big local headlines as well that I want to mention. Number one, Drew Ellis, Jeffersonville baseball product, had a great career at the University of Louisville, called back to the Phillies. He's getting another opportunity in the major leagues once again this season so we'll tell you about that. And more today, uh, let's look at the show lineup, the service of Honeybaked Tam in New Albany. We'll cover all of those headlines that I just mentioned and more here in the opening segment. Later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star. He'll join us. We'll talk uh, IU, the Big Ten. We'll talk about John Rothstein's projection for the Hoosiers this season and see if Zach agrees or differs. We'll talk about Trace Jackson Davis, who finally made his summer league debut out in Las Vegas. He had a good couple games, including a double-double in Golden State's last summer league game yesterday. So we'll tell you more about that with Zach coming up later in the show today. And then Mondays is when Chad Gilbert, the athletic director from Charlestown High School, also IHSAA executive board member, he will join us as we talk what's going on locally, and there's a lot to get to from a local perspective, even though it's a little slow. In the middle of July, awaiting the start of high school football coming up about a month from now, uh, school will be back in some following week. Um, A lot of schools in early August, and we'll be back in that high school sports pattern with fall sports and and football starting off the 23-24 school year. And before you know it, it'll be time for high school basketball once again in southern Indiana. That's the lineup of service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are still being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honeybag Tam in New Albany. The Thornton's text line is open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you have a question, a comment, uh, anything you want to get to from IU or local uh, we'll be happy to to hear from you, the number 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's, and let's take a look at some of our headlines for today. First and foremost, John Rothstein I know there are a lot of national college basketball guys out there. Jeff Goodman and John Rothstein are the two that I listen to the most, pay attention to the most, appreciate their work the most. And so when John put out his annual Big 10 offseason breakdown, I was really interested to see where he has the Hoosiers and what he thinks about the conference overall next season. Tell me if you're as surprised with this as I was or Maybe I'm overshooting the Hoosiers a bit. He has Indiana eighth in the Big Ten Conference. Eighth in the Big Ten Conference for this coming season. Uh, he has his, the projected lineup starting five for the Hoosiers Xavier Johnson at one guard, Trey Galloway at a second guard, Mackenzie Mbako at a forward, Malik Renu a forward, Kelelow Ware, the big man, a center. I think that's a pretty good lineup. The bench for Indiana, Peyton Sparks, Gabe Cups, Ja'Kai Newton, Anthony Leal, C.J. Gunn, Caleb Banks. There's much more questions about the bench and, of course, Anthony Walker. There's much more questions about the bench, I think, for Indiana than I think it, there is the starting lineup. That is a pretty solid starting lineup, if you ask me. I don't think it's a Big Ten championship starting lineup, but I also don't think with all of the potential on there – that it's a lineup that will finish eighth in the Big Ten Conference. I could be totally wrong, uh, but I also think it's a team that could start off with some rocky moments, and as they settle in and reach more of their potential, when I think about Mbako and kal Ware specifically, that as the season goes on and as this team gets ladder into the Big Ten schedule, they could be much better than how they start. So I don't think one or two or even three, but I would maybe put Indiana four or five, I think, maybe six in the Big Ten Big Ten Conference, definitely a little surprise with Indiana at the eighth spot, especially coming from somebody like John Rothstein, but the rest of the Big Ten... Purdue with their starting lineup of Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer, Ethan Morton, Caleb First, and the big man, Zach Eady. No question. He's got them number one in his power rankings for next season. I think we all agree with that. Michigan State, number two, uh, A.J. Hoggard, Tyson Walker, Jaden Atkins, uh, Malik Hall, and Xavier Booker, the Indiana guy uh, from Cathedral. Uh, Michigan State, number two, Illinois, three, Maryland, four, He's got Wisconsin, which was a little surprising, as number five in his power rankings, Northwestern six, Rutgers just ahead of Indiana at the number seven spot, Indiana eighth, and right behind the Hoosiers, Michigan at number nine, Ohio State at number ten, Iowa, Penn State, Nebraska, Minnesota in order that rounds out the rest of his power rankings so uh... i agree with a lot of what he had to say i would position a lot of those teams the exact same way but I definitely would bump Indiana ahead at least a couple notches if I was doing a power ranking. Now, John knows a lot more and talks to the coaches and knows all the details, but I just don't see Indiana being eighth in the Big Ten Conference. Do you agree? Do you think that they're eighth? Do you think that you agree with me that they're better than eighth, maybe sixth, fifth, as far as where a preseason slot would go to the Hoosiers? 502-414-1450. You can let me know on the Thornton's text line. Also, it was another recruiting weekend weekend, for the IU coaches, the best I could put together, trying to track things on social media, Mike Woodson, Yasir Roseman, Kenya Hunter, and I believe Jordan Halls was out on the road this weekend instead of Brian Walsh, the other assistant coach. And it looked like Indiana had coaches at Las Vegas. Uh, there were a numerous uh, events there. Of course, it worked out well for... Mike Woodson, because he was there watching Trace Jackson Davis and Jalen Hood-Chefino. He and his wife were featured on TV at least once, maybe twice during the IU uh, Players or former IU Players Summer League Games. So it worked out well for him to stay in Vegas and see some of those tournaments there. Uh, there was actually a tournament in Council Bluffs, Iowa that Indiana was at, and then the Power 24 which was down in Powder Springs, Georgia. It did not seem like there was near the number of big-time players active in this second period as there were during the Peach Dam and the Adidas finale and the Under Armour event that took place in that first recruiting period. So um, I do know that Derek Queen was in Vegas Now that uh, it looks like uh, Flory Badunga is not going to be an Indiana Hoosier, that uh, unlikely he takes another visit. It sure seems like Duke or Kansas, maybe Auburn uh, are the leaders for him as he gets ready to make a decision, we think, over the next couple weeks before school starts at Kokomo here in early August. Uh, Queen has become a much bigger target. He's always been a big one for the Hoosiers, but much bigger in the last few days, or I'd say a eh, week or so since the news on Badunga came out that he's very likely not going to be in Bloomington again. So Derek Queen uh, was watched by Mike Woodson and some of the other IU coaches uh, in Vegas, and that was obviously a big target of the Hoosiers in this second evaluation period. I think things will slow down even more the latter part of this month. And it's probably a good thing because I'm not sure all the big time guys are going to do and accept invitations to these NCAA uh, camps that are being staged across the country. Regional type camps where it's more of an individual camp. You're placed on a team. You go through skills. You play games. The old traditional summer basketball camp that used to exist much more than what they do in today's world. I think that's similar to what the format will be for these NCAA regional camps. So I don't know if some of these big-time guys will go or be there. They're not going to be with their travel team. Some of the travel teams might play uh, in non-coach certified events for coaches to be at. So it'll be interesting to see what this next period, this final evaluation period of the month looks like, but uh, definitely going to be different than the first two. And I tell you, as this new July shakes out with the transfer portal and all the changes in college basketball, that first period with the Peach Jam and the Adidas and Under Armour Championships, uh, it's become the place for summer recruiting, the first evaluation period, and really the main evaluation period Uh, on the boys' side here in the month of July. Good news for Trace Jackson Davis. He finally got to make his debut for the Warriors out in the Las Vegas Summer League. He missed the early games up at Sacramento and missed a couple games in Las Vegas, but finally got an opportunity, even on a minutes restriction he was, to make uh, a, a couple games for the Warriors with a hamstring injury. But I tell you what, his final game of Summer League yesterday, TJD, Had 18 points and 10 rebounds. The Warriors lost 108-101 to to the Toronto Raptors. It actually was on Saturday. Good game for him. Good finish for him. Um, Good to see him get an opportunity to play and uh, have a big game. And very noteworthy for him, even on a minutes restriction, to uh, have that kind of success. So good for TJD. A good start, uh, even though it's been a slow start, but a good one for his NBA career and the summer league also i saw this over the weekend as well remember the great iu football season in 2020 that had everybody so excited about what tom allen and this program could maybe do in 2021 well the team that kind of spoiled the ending at least of that great season uh, was Tennessee. And remember that Tennessee had to, uh, they knocked off the Hoosiers 23-22, a thrilling game. It was the Gator Bowl back in 2020. Uh, but Tennessee has to vacate all 11 wins from its 2019 and 2020 seasons for punishment uh, for recruiting violations committed under former head coach uh, Jeremy Pruitt, who obviously was the head coach in that 2020 season when Indiana fell to Tennessee down at the Gator Bowl. So this doesn't mean, (laughs) unfortunately that Indiana is retroactively the champions of the 2020 Gator Bowl. Now, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means that there is no winner officially as Tennessee has to vacate that victory, that trophy, and all of the things that came along with that win in the Gator Bowl over Indiana. So, uh, again, kind of par for the course for Indiana Uh, That was a magical season, a lot of fun, and came up just short. That was a thrilling game and a thrilling finish in that loss to Tennessee for the Hoosiers. Also, college basketball, one more college note. Uh, If you miss college hoops, I think as we all do, Kentucky, they won the global games up in Toronto with an 89-72 win over Team Canada yesterday. They were the gold medal winners there, were the Wildcats. I don't know about you, but I saw highlights. All saw bits and pieces of some of their games. Uh, I like Kentucky's lineup. Could they be a top-ten team heading into the upcoming college basketball season? Could they maybe get back on track in Lexington with this group? I think there's the chance for that uh, with this group that Coach Cal has. And then the Louisville women, they also... Uh, won the gold medal on the women's side of the global jam. It was a much closer game, 68-66, Louisville victorious over Canada uh, to secure the gold medal on the women's side of things. You know, Kentucky, the men, Louisville, the women, they got a chance really to be Team USA and represent the USA in the global games up in Toronto be really neat to see Indiana get a chance to do this, so whether it's the men, the women's, both of them. It uh, doesn't count toward your NCAA allotted foreign tours, which Indiana just took a couple off seasons ago to the Bahamas. But this is something where I guess it's a waiver because you're asked to represent the country. You still get practices leading up to it practices during it Uh, it's a big advantage heading into the season i believe so neat to see kentucky and louisville the men's and women's get an opportunity to do so would be really cool especially in this slower time to see indiana get an opportunity to do so as well uh rondell moore uh, the former new albany and trinity football standout he was back in new albany last week he held the 2023 Rondell Moore football camp. It was held on the turf field at New Albany High School. Also with him was Stephen Heron, who uh, was at New Albany before leaving to go to Trinity and now recently, after transferring back, is expected to be a big-time player for the Louisville Cardinals this upcoming season. But neat to see those guys offering a camp for local kids uh, at New Albany last week. And speaking of great local headlines... Drew Ellis of Jeffersonville called back up to the Phillies on Friday. He's been with the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs in AAA baseball. Friday night, 0-for-1 at the plate. And uh, walked one time for the Phillies in their loss to San Diego. I didn't track Drew over the weekend. But uh, neat to see him get an opportunity to go back uh, to the major leagues for a second time this season. After, remember, he was a free agent in the offseason, a lot like Romeo Langford. His future in professional baseball was unknown. The Phillies picked him up. He worked his way through their minor league system, has had some great, great games in minor league, and got an opportunity now two different times to be called to the Phillies for at least a stretch of play. So really good opportunity once again for Drew Ellis of Jeffersonville as he continues to hang on and battle with dreams of being a full-time major league player. That's a look at our headlines for this Monday edition of the program. We'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star will join Zach on vacation, but kind enough to chat some IU hoops and Big Ten hoops with us coming up next. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
0: We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for coach. you got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
3: All right, we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us right now. Zach, kind enough to join us from the road. He is on vacation. So, Zach, we very much appreciate some time here on this Monday. And uh, let's talk IU basketball to start. Flory Badunga of Kokomo, who is uh, obviously a big name in the recruiting world, the class of 2024, with all the recruiting and the evaluations that go on this month. Uh, Indiana fans, I think, hopeful that Flory would come back to the IU campus before making a decision, but according to reports and quotes from him over the course of this month, it doesn't seem like Indiana is in as strong a standing with Flory as maybe what they once were.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like, um, I think Indiana obviously has been in that, sorry, that's my kid, um, Indiana's obviously been involved in his recruitment for quite a while. Um, I I think there's always maybe been an extent to which there's sort of a connecting of dots in the sense that he's an in-state player. Obviously, you know, Indiana's always going to want to contend for guys that play their high school ball in-state, that, you know, have maybe some AU ties in-state, whatever else. Um, But I don't know that, you know, he's visited a a handful of times. I don't know that it ever felt like Indiana was the favorite, so to speak. You just hoped if you were Indiana that obviously, um, you know, as, as time went on, maybe that relationship would develop. It does feel like other schools have kind of grown more prominent. I think there's been a lot of discussion of Duke, a lot of discussion of Kansas, and I think it's a reminder that listen, number one, you know, it's still a cliche—you don't get every kid that you—you you don't get every kid that you you go for, so to speak. Um, and number two, and, and we talked about how many of these high-profile recruitments, how many of these top ten, top twenty, top thirty, top fifty kids, Indiana is seems to be in a decent position with in this 2024 class, you know, the higher up the ladder you aim, the the more likely it is somebody's going to get there before you. And that doesn't mean that Indiana's not going to get, you know, its share of these talented prospects in 2024, but it does mean if you're going to contend for a whole bunch of guys that are highly recruited, you need to be prepared to lose a few of those battles and Gloria Bedunga might wind up being
3: one of them. Absolutely. A question from the Thornton's text line for you, Zach. Chris Ledlam has reentered the transfer portal he picked Tennessee over Indiana and St. John's. Any chance Indiana gets back involved with Ledlam again, or are the rumors of St. John's and Rick Bettino maybe his ultimate landing spot?
2: Yeah, I've heard St. John's, um, and in fairness, I didn't get too deep in the weeds with it because I was going on vacation this week. Um, but when I asked around last week, I heard I heard St. John's was the likeliest sort of outcome.
0: Obviously, um,
2: you know, the thing you'd look at with Ledlam is he's he's kind of a three four hybrid, you know, depending on maybe what you want him to do offensively or defensively. And if you're Indiana when you were recruiting him before you didn't have McKenzie and Baco in the fold and you know, it, it, it at some level obviously you need to you know, you need to you need to be interested in the player, you need to have a need for the player, but you also need to be able to convince the player that you're a good outcome for him, you're a good spot for him, that, that where, you know, what you're going to do with him, you know, what you're going to ask of him, you're going to have enough minutes, you're going to have a big enough role, all those different kinds of things. And maybe I'm wrong, um, but just to the naked eye, it really doesn't feel like that's Indiana in terms of, you know, kind of where they've gone roster-wise, in part probably because they didn't get Chris Ledlam. Are we sitting here and talking about Indiana with McKinsey and Baco if Chris Ledlam comes to, to Indiana instead of Tennessee early on? Uh, and so, sorry, that's that's my that's my five-year-old Jackson.
3: Jackson, please stop. Uh,
2: it's kind of a reminder, I, I, I said this to somebody last week, it is kind of a reminder that it's really easy to feel like each recruitment, whether it's a transfer, whether it's a high school kid, whatever, kind of happens in a vacuum. And, and you know, that's the only thing that matters. And if you get that recruit, it's an enormous success. And if you don't get that recruit, it's a colossal failure. And... I use, this, I use this comparison a lot, but my son has, a, a, a like, a book that's got these fables in it, and one of them is about this, uh, this tiny village, and this farmer has a horse, and it runs away, and everyone says, how terrible, the farmer's horse ran away, and the old wise man says, we'll see, and then the horse comes back with two extra horses, and everyone says, how wonderful, now the farmer has three horses, and the wise man says, we'll see, and it just kind of keeps going on like that, and it's just, the whole point is kind of that there's there's never really an endpoint and situations are always what you make of them. Indiana obviously could have been derailed by not getting Chris Ledlam earlier in the recruiting calendar, but that probably, I think it's fair to say wound up opening a gap to get McKenzie and Baco instead. so um, it's kind of a reminder that these things these things always continue to kind of spoke out and that there is there is never a full-on sort of endpoint. there's never you're never fully sort of out of options so to speak, but I I would be kind of surprised if Chris Ledlin becomes one for Indiana at this
3: point. All right, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star joining us from the road from family vacation today. Zach, a couple other quick questions for you. Trace Jackson Davis finally made his debut out in Las Vegas, and even on a minute's restriction, he had a double-double for the Warriors on Saturday. Uh, I know it took a while to finally get him out there. Obviously, health and all that is first and foremost, but nice to see him get a chance, at least get some minutes, and be really a big contributor for the Warriors in their summer league operation?
2: If I'm not mistaken, that, that double-double included, I think, eight offensive rebounds, if I saw rightly. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, listen, I, I don't want to speak for an NBA head coach. Steve Kerr's a lot smarter than I am when it comes to basketball. But I suspect if you're Golden State, you like seeing stuff like that because you are going to be looking at Trace Jackson-Davis and you're going to be saying, you know, listen, we got other guys that can handle the scoring load a lot of nights. You know, the Steph Currys, the Klay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins. Obviously, if they get Draymond Green back, maybe if, if he's re-signed and I've just not been paying attention, forgive me. Um, but the point is, it's, you're not looking at, at Trace Jackson-Davis and saying, we need you to carry a big scoring load. What you are looking at him and at, saying is, we need the player that was Indiana's best passer, Indiana's best rim protector, Indiana's best rebounder. We need the guy that had the, you know an assist rate in Big Ten play last year that was higher than the one that Yogi Farrell had in um, what was that in twenty uh, sixteen when Indiana won the Big Ten his senior year. We need the player that is, is just so active around the rim and can do all these different things. And if you know, and then on the nights when your points are there, your possessions are there, whatever, you know, whatever you might need. Go for that as well. Um, I think what you're encouraged by if you're, in the, or if, you're a, if you're Indiana, if you're Golden State, is seeing Trace Jackson Davis getting comfortable, even the summer league, but it is an NBA level, getting comfortable being a guy that is making an impact beyond just scoring the basketball, because that's, that's where I think he sees a lot of minutes this season and where he is able to expand his role early on. Like, in fairness, a lot of rookies. That's, that's the case for a lot of rookies. And if you're Golden State, I think you like the idea that you're already seeing, even as you said on a minute's restriction, even with the injury that he's kind of had to, to, to get over here early on, you like that you're seeing him embracing kind of a holistic impact on the floor here in the East into the, the NBA.
3: Zach in the Indianapolis Star, with us Mondays. Zach, I want to run this by you. I saw a uh, John Rothstein breakdown of the offseason, the Big Ten, over the weekend. I was personally a little surprised that he had Indiana as eighth uh, in the conference. Uh, If you're making a Big Ten projection here, still way out from the season in the middle of July, do you have IU above eighth, or do you think he's correct in placing the Hoosiers there in that lower spot?
2: Oh, I guess it's probably tough to say uh, without, you know, looking at Without a, being able to look at the conference, I mean, I, I think certainly you've got a couple teams there in Purdue and Michigan State that it's probably fair to say rise above the rest. Purdue's got Zach Eady back, They've got those freshman guards back. Um, obviously, they're sophomores now. Uh, you know, we know all, everything Michigan State's going to return. Um, you know, and, and then you just—I mean, quite frankly. Then you've just got a ton of teams, kind of like Indiana, and I think we're going to have to get used to this because of the portal, because of the way the recruiting works now. And Indiana is very much one of those teams where you look at it and you say, you know, I could see some really solid outcomes. I could also see somebody really struggling. And, you know, I I think last season when we talked about Indiana as the preseason Big Ten favorite, we said, we still have questions about this Indiana team, but a lot fewer questions than basically – you know, very nearly every one of the teams around Indiana. Um, And if you think about the teams that maybe it shaped up nicely for last season, like a Maryland, for example, um, in terms of a team that brought in some transfers, obviously a first-year head coach Kevin Willard, and kind of coalesced quickly, got some some good results, and kind of built up a head of steam, versus maybe like an Illinois um, or, or a Wisconsin. And Wisconsin's not quite in the same position, but... You know, a team where you looked at, well, Ohio State's probably another good example of a team where you looked at it and said, yeah, I can, see a, I can see a net positive outcome here because of all the new faces and the talent and all that, but they've got to gel together. They've got to make themselves something that is, is, is you know, better than the sum of its parts. And you kind of need to see them do it before you say, yes, definitely, this is, you know, I, I can believe in this team. I, 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 I know where its floor is, essentially. And you know, listen. I, I if, you know, if you ask me right now, plus or minus, I'd say Indiana. I think is probably likelier to finish better than eight, than worse than eight. Let's say if that's the, if that's kind of the point of inflection for IU this season. Um, but in the same breath, I understand why you look at a team that lost that much scoring, that much rebounding, that much defensive presence that ultimately is going to be breaking in. You know, it's going to have three new starters, and the only reason it doesn't have four new starters is because the the, the two guys that are likely to start in the backcourt, only one of them was a starter last year, and then he got hurt, and the other one replaced him. So I can understand why you would look at at Indiana, and you would have some skepticism, why you would say, like, basically, you kind of need to see it first. And again, we would have said this about, like, an Ohio State last year, where we would have said, okay, a lot of this makes sense, but... You know, it could also go wrong, and obviously with Ohio State it did. Um, I do think, again, I would probably say Indiana eight more better, more likely than eight more worse. But I understand anybody who's got some some doubts about this team.
3: All right, Zach Osterman from the Indianapolis Star with with us today, kind enough to join us from family vacation. Zach, have a great week, a great time. Thank you so much to uh, for a few minutes of your day, and we'll talk with you soon. Absolutely. Talk to you next week. Sorry about the noise. All right, Zach. Oh, no problem. Zach Osterman with us here on this Monday edition of the program. Headed to family vacation. Sounds like fun. Sure, appreciate Zach being with us every Monday here on the program. One other note I saw that uh, Indiana High School basketball lost a really solid star, Cannon Catchings of Brownsburg. He announced over the weekend that he is going to leave Brownsburg for the overtime elite program so he's basically going to be playing basketball full-time overtime elite had a number of players drafted in the most recent nba draft still committed to purdue he clarified that you know there were rumors some months ago that catchings might decommit and maybe indiana would be be in play for him but uh, brownsburg standout and purdue recruit cannon catchings he is headed to overtime elite you get it in this day and age you understand it You know that's where the world is going with Overtime Elite, G League Ignite, so many other programs in addition to your prep schools and elite high schools that don't really care about state championships but play uh, for exposure and play for development at the very highest level. But for Indiana high school basketball, where it still really matters and where the competition is still great and generally the coaching is really good, you hate to see a star from our state that's going to play college basketball very likely in our state, uh, not play high school hoops here. It just really stinks, but that's where we're at. So Cannon Catchings to overtime elite. Brownsburg was going to be, I think, one of the solid 4A programs for next season, but uh, they'll take a big hit with Catchings headed out of state to play this uh, still fairly new overtime elite program. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Chad Gilbert. Chad is the athletic director at Charlestown high school also an IHSAA Executive Board member. We'll talk local sports and more with Chad coming up after the commercial break. Stay with us, this is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Monday edition of the program. Chad Gilbert, Athletic Director at Charlestown High School and IHSAA Executive Board member. He joins me Mondays. We try to put the spotlight on uh, spotlight on local sports, but also we get into some basketball stuff as well. We'll do a little bit of both today. Chad, I want to start with you where I left off. Disappointing to see Cannon Catchings. I know he's a Purdue commit But a big-time high school basketball player in our state announced he is leaving Brownsburg and going to play in the overtime elite program that's based out of Atlanta, Georgia, I believe. I get it. I know things are changing. I realize those programs have been successful. If you need proof, see the most recent NBA draft. But I hate to lose good players from the state because high school basketball still matters here. And it's still generally so good here cannon catchings is definitely a loss for the hoosier state
1: matt so one i apologize for the last two weeks we've been off the air i was in seattle for the national federation uh... high school uh... sports meetings and then uh... went to an alaskan cruise matt and if any listeners out there get an opportunity to go to alaska on one of those deals it's beautiful go out and check that out seattle's great for a couple of days but Alaska was beautiful. So an opportunity to do that for Bam, Amy, Evelyn, the family, and I to get out and get away for a little bit. Was beautiful, a great time. You get an opportunity to jump on that one. But the reason I segue into that is that was one of the topics that was brought up, that and, of course, our nemesis, the shot clock. But we talked a little bit about that stuff, and, Matt, I don't know if it's ever going to go away. I think it's one of those deals It's almost like if you hear more and more parents, and you know, and I can speak from this now. Uh, because I am a parent, you know, I don't, I don't think I'd have been as good a coach, Matt, if I was a parent when I was coaching. Now I see things through parent eyes as well as coach's eyes. Now I understand where stuff's coming from a little bit. But the one thing that you'll hear parents say is, "I've got to do what I think's best for my kid," and I, I totally get that. I you, I've got kids, too, and there's nothing that I, that I would not do for my kids to put them in a position to be successful. Now, that doesn't mean you're not fighting through adversity, you're not going through things. Your adversity and my adversity are two different things. Uh, you're still putting your kid in a position that you think is going to benefit your young man, your young daughter, and your young lady in the, in the long run here. Their family... I mean, if you look at their family, his aunt was one of the speakers at the NFHS thing. You know, you're talking about basketball royalty. They understand what's out there. Now, are you getting good basketball in Indianapolis? Second to none. I would put Indianapolis against New York City. I would put Indianapolis against L.A. I would put Indianapolis basketball up against anyone in the nation as far as good talent, good coaching, good scheduling, you know, uh, good players. They're getting an opportunity where – it's basketball. There's not, there's no distractions. You're basketball, and you're, you know, you're, you're taking care of your academics and you're working on your game. I don't know enough about that. I see it more and more. You know, you look like you said the NBA draft. Does it get these guys ready? Does it get them exposed? Does it show them what people are looking for in the NBA draft? It's kind of like football, you know. The NBA draft. I think they think they can teach you how to shoot. You know, it's like football. They, as long as you have got a bench press, a squat. A Forty time, they're going to turn you into a player. Basketball, they look for some of those intangible things too. When you see the guys sliding on the cone drills and all that, one. But let's keep in mind the video of Luca doing the sliding on the cone drills. He wasn't exactly a gazelle, and he's argue. And I wouldn't think uh, the Joker is a gazelle on the cone drills either. You still got to know how to play when it comes to basketball. But it'd be interesting, and man, and I'll and I'll rewind a little bit here. If you ever talked to Romeo Lankford candidly, and he had it to do again, because Romeo is one of the top players, you know, in the nation, one of the top players to ever go through Indiana, if he would have done it different, if there were some things that, if I'd have known now, what I know then, would I have done that? Would that, would that have made a difference? I mean, how could it make much more of a difference? I mean, the guy was a lottery pick, he's had a great career, he's outstanding he won a state championship mr basketball i think he's pre- i think he made the right decision but i'd be curious what the pros and cons of him knowing now what he knows then so and, and from a fan standpoint from a guy's standpoint like you and i who just love indiana basketball it is heart-wrenching because you hate to see one of the best players in the state get away but it's one of those it's the deal now that I do get it. I do get it where people have they, – they're making those moves and they're making those rooms for reasons. I, I don't have to like it, but if his family is at peace with their decision, good luck to them.
3: Absolutely, and I think you said it best. It's not going away, and when things uh, – successes are had, players from overtime elite getting drafted, What weren't there two back-to-back in the first ten picks of the uh, NBA draft back in June, I believe it's going to only cement the those programs. And who knows what the NBA does with going straight to the league? That could affect some things if that is allowed again. But definitely a changing time. Uh, but thank God, high school basketball still matters here, Chad. You hear stories, I'm sure, as you talk to, to uh, ADs and coaches and other states, other areas at these conferences that you mentioned. It's just not the same. I hear that story a lot from different people, even occasionally. Local people, you hear it's just not the same here. It's just not the same there anymore. But in Indiana, generally, it still is, and I hope we can protect that.
1: Oh, and that's absolutely, man. And there's there's things that our athletic association, the IHSA, has got to do. To the- to protect that they they understand the importance of this they understand it the importance of all sports, but they especially understand the importance of basketball. they know that 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 is something that we do have to protect. they know that that is something that is um coming that it's coming down the um pipe the way people are approaching that and it's something you know we may not have touched on this. it's something about what the new uh class system on percentages you know it's something like that to make sure people we don't lose this thing we winning a state championship is still something special playing for indiana high school sports playing for your team playing for your community is still something special that it just doesn't go away just so you can play on a team on the weekend and and, and which is totally fine there is nothing wrong with playing on that team that weekend but we you know we want to we want these kids to have the same success we do. You know, hear the band when they run on the court, smell the popcorn in the gym, sweat because the gym's so hot, see people that are at every game, and you're like, who is that person? And by the time it comes over, they don't, they're not a fan of New Albany basketball. They're a fan of Matt Dennison because of the way he works on the court, because of how hard he plays on the court. And develop those relationships where the the little kids who are come watching Matt Dennison play, they, they grow up one day and say, I want to be like Matt Dennison, wearing a New Albany uniform.
3: Absolutely. Chad Gilbert, my guest, with us here on this Monday edition of the program. How about Drew Ellis? Another call-up, another opportunity to play for the Phillies. It's a remarkable story, and just so happy for Drew and his family.
1: What about the persistence of Drew Ellis? I mean, I've talked about Drew, Derek, Jennifer, uh, until I'm blue in the face. I have never, ever, ever had any parents that we're better than them. I've had great parents that are as good, but I've never had any as any that are better. They were outstanding uh, with Drew. We had Ian up there. Jack was in middle school. Uh, raised three outstanding kids. You know, I can remember going to Drew's graduation party and bam, my son was one year old and I can remember kind of like my eyes tearing up and thinking, man, I'd give anything for my son to grow up like Drew. You know, you want to talk about someone who has just paid the price, who has never given up in anything he's done. You know, in basketball, we, you know, if you rewind 10 years back, I know I've told the story before about Daryl going to Southport, Daryl Baker going to Southport, Daryl comes back late, Drew's in the starting lineup, Daryl comes in about game five. Daryl's best player on the team, without question, the best player on the team. But Daryl's missed all the stuff. He's not went through everything the rest of the team has. Daryl has to come off the bench for a while. About game 12, Drew comes in and says, Coach, he said, we're better with Daryl on the starting lineup. I'll take a back seat in order for us to win. And, you know, we go on, we win the sectional, we move on. Fast forward to the next year. We're playing the sectional. Drew comes in with the flu. You know, can barely get up and down the court in the sectional final. Hearts it out. You know, we don't tell New Albany Drew's sick, of course. They're out there pressuring because he could just shoot the eyes out of it. We make it through, beat New Albany sectional. Evansville Harrison was one of our losses, We lose three games that year. Drew comes out in the first half against Harrison, morning game in the regional, 27 in the first half. So a competitor, a gamer, there's nothing that surprises me that that kid does. But the one thing that I hope everyone learns out is he's not he's not giving up. He's bet on himself, and he's, ne- he's not giving up on his dream. He's not giving up on his goal. And that's one thing that I hope all our kids understand. that. And that's the one thing that if Drew ever has that message, He's got God-given stuff, but he never gave up on it, and that's something that everyone in Indiana—not just Jeffersonville, not just Charleston, not just Southern Indiana—should be proud of. But everyone in the state should be proud of the uh, persistence that Drew Ellis has had through his baseball career.
3: Yeah, Chad, those are outstanding stories, and I got to tell you, I often forget it's been a while when you were at Jeff as the boys' coach. You had Drew Ellis, so great insight, great stories there, and. It's amazing. Pro athletes and those that have been so successful, oftentimes you go back and find a coach or teacher or someone that impacted them along the way, and they can tell you just some amazing behind-the-scenes stories of how talented and maybe how hard that person worked as well. And you've got those things on uh, on uh, uh, Drew for sure.
1: I, you know, I traded Derek a Charlestown chair for his business down there for a Drew autographed Drew baseball, a bat and a baseball card, but I'd be dang if. If Derek didn't give me a pearl, he gave me a used Major League Baseball. I'm going to have to hit Drew on that. Now he's big time and give me a brand new one.
3: <laughs> I love it. Uh, Chad, <laughs> Chad text from the Thornton's text line. Ask uh, Mr. Gilbert about the Pirates and the football team this year. So uh, as we start to pay a little bit more attention and get excited about high school football, what's the word on Coach Hawkins and charlestown football this season
1: we had a great season last year undefeated regular season lose to heritage hills who is traditionally one of the powerhouses in indiana um i think coach hawkins is looking at a little uh i don't think we'll be as good as we were last year but i think we'll be very very good coach hawkins does an outstanding job with the football team uh he gets a lot of kids out he gets a lot of buy-in from not just the players but from the community we have a beautiful stadium a beautiful field that we uh that we take pride in, our kids get behind it, our community gets behind it, and it's just a lot of—it's a lot of fun to kick off the school year. And you know, the the better your football team is to start the year, the better your school year goes. It gives the kids something to go for all week, and kind of on that Friday, a culmination of spirit to come through. And we've got uh, what Coach Hawk has done is that's spilled off to our other sports. I think we've got thirty-three soccer kids out. Uh, 29 in the girls side we've got huge volleyball numbers out across country numbers we have more boys than we've ever had our tennis numbers continue to get better we we're starting to get the culture where we need it where we've got a lot of kids with the same like goals that's to be the very best do the very best in every sport that they that they participate in and the rest of it will take care of itself
3: all right chad gilbert with us on mondays chad uh, high school football it will be here before you know it in fact uh, you're back working again, right? And school starts very soon for Greater Clark County Schools?
1: We're at it. Kids are kids next Wednesday, Matt. Can you believe that? Next wow. Wednesday. We're, we're 4-H fairing this week. Kids next Wednesday. And it's hard to believe how soon that is. Now, from an athletic director's standpoint, it's awesome. Because practice starts the following week, you've got that time to chase down any transfers, any physicals, anything that you need, you got that opportunity to wrap those up. Instead of summertime, we are trying to catch kids, catch parents. You know that they're going to be here from 8 to 3, that you can get hold of those guys and make sure all paperwork's lined up, all their final forms are in line, that they understand the procedures coming to a different school or coming from, the summer getting back in the swing of things at charlestown so it's you know the the thing on it matt it's 185 days no matter how you cut it you got to go to school you work at it you do your very best and you uh you you go to school not only only do you play with pride but you go to school with pride you should come to school with with the pride of being a charlestown pirate you should come to school knowing the school song you should come to school excited to learn you should come to school wanting to leave your mark on how you want to be remembered at charlestown high school
3: All right, Chad, with us Mondays. Good stuff, Chad. Have a great rest of your summer, and uh, we'll talk again very soon.
1: Matt, I appreciate the run. Thanks for everything you do for Southern Indiana Sports. Give me a side call sometime. We need to catch up. Sounds good. Chad,
3: with us Mondays here on the program. And I just see that Jalen hood shafino has uh, inked a deal with Adidas Basketball, a shoe deal. hood shafino the number 17 pick in the draft by the Lakers. Uh, this was tweeted out just a little bit ago that uh, both Hood Shafino and Grady Dick uh, were uh, have joined the Adidas basketball family. So we'll see what uh, that deal looks like. Uh, but, uh, some pictures of Jalen and his uh, family, it looks like. Or no, it looks like maybe some of the others that have signed with uh, Adidas as well. But that's always interesting to watch. We'll see if Trace gets any kind of uh, run uh, with the shoes as well. That wraps things up for Monday. Talk with you tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.